Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, everybody, and welcome, fellow Patriots. Welcome, fellow Deplorables. Welcome, all you Drakes of Society, you Rock Dwellers, you Sycophants and Stinkos. That's what the left call you. Of course, you know, George and I, we call you friends, allies, and Patriots, and we always welcome you here, and this is the Conservative Commandos radio show. And I'm Rick Trader, coming to you from the MyPillow Studios, the MyStore Studios of the AUN TV network. And hey, George. You know, usually around this time, I say something to you like what's on your radar screen, but there's actually something on my radar screen today. You know, George, I think there is something that's becoming very apparent. And I think we have seen it more and more within the last, what what's it been, uh, two months since the terrible Israeli massacre by Hamas? Uh, launched out of Gaza. In our in this country, we are seeing mass demonstration after mass demonstration of sympathizers of Hamas of Gaza in, in the streets of our cities on our college campuses. And George, I'm starting to think that Islam is totally incompatible with the American way of life with our culture, with our traditions, the things that we hold of value in our country. You know, George, I don't have to tell you, this country was created by our founding fathers using a Judeo-Christian ethic. And what I'm seeing in America today coming out of Places like Little Mogadishu, coming out of places, places like college campuses, especially college campuses. I don't know if you can put two, uh, the two together, college campuses that have gotten massive grants and funding coming out of the Middle East. Uh, here's a little example of what I'm talking about, George. I don't think there's anything more American, more middle America than Michigan. Maybe they don't vote the way we'd like them to, George, but I think Michigan should represent what is what America is all about. Over this past weekend, there was a pro-Muslim mob that absolutely 
disrupted and terrorized a group that were holding a Christmas tree ceremony, yelling things like Christmas is canceled, <laughs> yelling things that they stood right behind a youth choir and was were yelling so loud that this youth choir that was singing Christmas songs was drowned out. And they said, we think we made the point. We came here, we disrupted the event, we canceled Christmas. So give it up. And George, these people are Islamists. Islamists, as our friend Dr. Nasser Sheikh used to say, these are people that are now they want us to respect them. They want us to respect their traditions and their, their values. But what they're saying to ours is no more. We're shutting out your values. We're shutting out your traditions. We are going to make you afraid, afraid to go to a Christmas tree lighting ceremony in the middle of America. George, I'm sorry. I think. Islam has no place in America. And, well, and I, think, I know that's that's yeah. a radical well, thing to say. But George, well, yes, one more thing let me say. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Nasser Sheikh, he used to be a, a co-host on this show. Someone who is Muslim. I know people are going to say that does not represent all Muslims or all Islam, the Islamic faith. But George, I'm just saying this. The problem is, is people who, who are Muslim, who respect Christianity, who respect Judaism, they are not doing enough to stop the radicals. And you know, what was that old expression, George? Bad yeah, paraphrasing, bad, thing ha bad things happen when good men do nothing. That's what's happening here. And that's what's happening or not happening in the Muslim communities where the, the Muslims that want peace are not saying to the radicals, the demonstrators, the people who are trying to tear down American values and traditions, they're not stopping them in their own communities. George, tell me where I'm wrong, buddy. I'll listen. Well, I think you make a lot of good points. The only thing I would say is I'm, I think there are, you're right that there needs to be a, a, a larger number of folks who stand up and say, wait a minute, this isn't, because you're right, it's the Islamists that are the problem. Um, but, I, you know, an example you think, the, every, you think every German was a Nazi sympathizer of Hitler and George that led to a, a world war where a hundred right. million people died. Right. Why? And, because right. Hitler but, wasn't stopped because good men didn't do the right thing when they had the opportunity. Right. I mean, that's that you make a good point. It's not that every German was a Nazi, but obviously not enough Germans stood up to say stop this, at least not until it was probably too late. And um, and that's that's a fair point. But I know a number of uh, you know like I I've been to like recently I actually went to a 
kind of an interfaith dinner that was sponsored by a um, by a, a Muslim group. They invited um, Jews and Christians and others. And what was interesting was, um, I think they did a pretty good job of standing up and saying what happened on October 7th was horrific, awful, and evil. And Israel has a right to exist. And uh, and um, and so I, I thought that was important because some people won't say that. And and then it makes, you know, and then when they're trying to promote a solution to the problem, it makes it sound like they're just trying to help Hamas get away with it. And I, what it sounded clear to me was that these folks were not looking to help Hamas. They saw Hamas as the problem. And they also felt like they wanted to reach out to their um, Jewish and Christian, uh, you know, as they refer to them as brothers, and say, let's work together to try to promote some solutions and peace in the Middle East because that's what we should have. You know, that's what that's the best solution. So my I'm my my point isn't to suggest that's the majority. It may well be, but the but but too many are silent. Is my point is that they don't stand up and do this. This group did, and I was impressed by it. And um, and like I said, they invited. A Jewish rabbi to be there and speak. They invited me as a, you know, as a Christian to speak. And the the point of this wasn't to uh, obviously condemn Israel, but it was to promote the idea that people of faith, people who believe in, if you will, kind of traditional morality, can say we don't agree with this. We don't want this to happen, and we'd like to see uh, peace exist. And we all, who wouldn't? The problem in today's world is the people who sometimes promote peace or claim they promote peace is what they're really doing is trying to help the bad guys get away with committing horrible acts. And um, so I think you are correct. I don't dispute what you said. I'm just saying that kind of like the analogy you gave with Germany, not all Germans were, you know, murderous Nazis, but some were asleep at the wheel and that doesn't make them immoral, but it, maybe they weren't paying attention. And uh, some of them maybe were afraid. And so they didn't, you know, they lacked maybe the courage to speak up. I, I don't know exactly. It's probably a, a wide variety of different circumstances. But, um, but obviously, if, if more Germans had stood up early in this whole process, they could have prevented Hitler's power grabs and, and what ended up killing not just lots of Germans, but lots of Europeans and, and, and Jews and Americans and all, you know, this, it was a world war with tremendous uh, death and destruction and tragedy. So I agree with you that we need to speak up. And the answer to that would be, and, and there isn't necessarily a group like this now, but let's assume for the sake of an argument, there was some group of Christians that was running around, you know, killing other people and were acting in terrorist ways. I am confident that Rick Trader would say that's not Christian behavior. That's wrong. Well, and George, I would too. I would stand up and say, wait a minute. Christians don't run around beheading infants and killing people and doing bad things like that. And so I think I'm hopeful. I, I don't know for a fact. I'm hopeful that we would all stand up, not just you and me, but that all of our viewers and listeners, that everyone everywhere 
even if all they do is put up a Christmas tree in their house at Christmas time, and but they don't even have to go to church. They would still say, yeah, this is wrong. I know enough to know that I'm not going to stand by and be silent. We all need to stand up for what's good and what's right. And, uh, and so, like I said, some of my Muslim brothers did. And I was impressed by that, even though I know from a religious standpoint, I'm a very proud and confident Christian in the sense that I, you know, but at the same time, I appreciate the fact that they felt more like my brothers in this sense, because while we don't agree on everything, it seemed that they understood basic right and wrong, and they were willing to stand up for it, and they weren't seeing the world through an Islamist eye. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's encouraging, and I think we need to encourage more Muslims to do that, and we also need to, in the future, make sure that whether it's Christians or Jews, we all stand up for what's right. And it can't be that killing innocents is a good idea. It wasn't a good idea in the 40s, and it's not a good idea in the 20s. Well, George, during that evening, during that evening was the question asked, what are you going to do to stop this anti-Jew, anti-Christian behavior in your community? What are you going to do to stop people like uh, Talib? Rashida Tlaib, yeah. and the things that she's saying. What are you going to do to stop it in your community? Yeah. I well, think I th that'd be a fair question, George. Was yeah. it asked? Um, I, well, actually, it wasn't asked because the uh, one of the local leaders addressed it before it needed to be asked. And what he said was, it's our job to advocate for you know, this this idea of, our, you know, God expects us to love one another, not to kill one another. And so let's stand up for that. And let's, and, and what was interesting was he was, you know, a, he was a, you know, Muslim cleric. Yeah. And he tr described what he believed. And from his perspective, you know, the principles of Islam taught. And what was interesting was it was very different than what the Islamists say. It was right. kind of but like, see, George, I suspect the Islamists would tell you that this guy's not a good Muslim, but he was a good Muslim. George, what is going to happen here? Muslims don't do this. There are going to be more and more people like me speaking out and saying there's no place for Islamic culture in this country. I would agree. I think that it is important. I mean, this would happen to be blunt. It doesn't matter who you are. This is not Islamophobia. If you were, you know, you could say you're, if you're a Baptist, if you're a Presbyterian, if you're Catholic, it doesn't matter. Whatever the denomination was, if that denomination made it, uh, made it just kind of refuse to stand up for kind of basic decency, then there'd be some blowback. You know, that's, that would happen. Right. And so, um, the only reason why I mention this group is they were doing the right thing and trying hard. And so I want to encourage that. And so I'm not bringing this up to suggest that all these folks that are protesting and, and you know, chasing down Jews in the streets and other things that that's okay, or that it's somehow mitigated. I'm just saying, I want us to, when we see good behavior, it's like with my kids. When I saw good behavior, I wanted to reward it. When I saw bad behavior, I wanted to punish it. And, uh, you know, because that you want to have both the carrot and the stick, so to speak. 
but I you're exactly you. right. If if more if Muslims allow the Rashida Talibs and the Ilyan Omars to be the primary voice that we hear, they do great harm to their standing in their own communities. And I was grateful that they invited me to come because it was gave me some hope because I have some of the same fears that you have about what's going on in our country and, and what's happening. And I'm hopeful that people like this will be in a position to shape the approach of their community because obviously they're going to have more input in their community's approach than I do, you know, because just like uh, you know, people know, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I might have more of an input into how my community sees things than somebody who is a, from a different faith group. You know what I mean? That's natural. Yep, totally agree. Hey, George, um, interesting conversation uh, coming at it from both sides, but uh, that's what we do here, conservative commandos. Hey, George, we got a couple of great guests that will be joining us today on the other side of this break. I'm going to ask you to let our listeners and viewers know who they are and the topics for our conversations. And uh, by the way, today's show, like each and every one of them, being brought to you by the First Amendment, protected by the Second. They go hand in hand. Think about it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You asked and we listen. We've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing Percale bed sheets even better. As a thank you, we're bringing these to you for as low as $24.98 with your promo code. And our new line of Percale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets. Lightweight, durable, breathable, and they sleep cool and crisp. But now because of you, they're made with 100% long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date. These sheets are soft and more durable than ever before. Plus, they come in all these new colors and styles, and you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Um, 
I, I hope my answer, I wasn't trying to say you were wrong. I just no, wanted George, to. Actually, I was thinking it's very interesting that I brought the conference, brought up this conversation and you were at that dinner. So it, yeah. it kind of like gives us both sides in a sense. Right. Well, Without, and I, I think yeah. the value of it is. To be blunt, right. I think the value of that is I think if you're a Muslim, they need to hear what you had to say because they need to understand that there's a risk of being silent. That silence actually is harmful to their cause. Right. And then my goal was to to accentuate that idea or to put an exclamation point on it, which is, and when you stand up and do the right thing, you do great good for your cause. Right. And and while I don't have any real interest in promoting Islam, I'm happy to see them be a productive part of society because I'm not Jewish either, um, but I don't have it out for Jews. You know what I mean? And so my point was, you know what uh, I, hope I, I, like I hope I said it in a way that accentuated or put an exclamation point on what you were saying, which was, here's the risk. You, can, you know, kind of the carrot and the stick idea. You can either promote Islam, uh, is, Islamists approach. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, George, I do, silent. but see, my problem is. is I think I you're right, that too many are silent. I, I, I tend to side with underdogs. I guess it's being a Philadelphia Phillies fan all my life, whatever. You know, I try to uh, side with underdogs. Right. I, I tend to side with people who seem to have the world against them. Yep. All right. Oh, I, I, I think when Americans I see, tend to when do I that. See, That's part of American culture, I would argue. And when I see people coming to this country who have not been invited here, who yeah. come here on their own intuition <laughs> for whatever reason, and they're not assimilating into the American way of life, that they're just taking from this country and not giving back, how they want to seem to bring, the, bring whatever they came from here and make it the normal, and take our normal, our our culture, the American culture, and yeah. discard it and replace it with their culture, and they want us to assimilate into their culture. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. If they yeah, wanted, to, if they wanted to be of the culture from where they came, they should have stayed home. Yeah, they should yeah, have actually stayed there. That's why she really bothers me because, um, you know, she comes to America, mm -hmm. and same with Ilhan Omar. Um, they, they, they're in America and they, they act like America's the problem mm -hmm. and they want to make, you know, Ilhan Omar wants America to be more like Somalia. And I'm thinking to myself, if Somalia was so it great, was so great what, if it was so great, if Somalia was so great, why is everybody in Somalia trying to get out? Right. If exactly. America is so horrible, why come here? Mm -hmm. Why? Because they come here, they want to take advantage of our economy, and that is it. They want yeah. to take advantage. Yeah. And George, yeah, they wanna, uh, what they, I'm going to do. They basically want all the benefits of our society. Yeah. But then they want to have their culture be the dominant part of our culture. What they don't seem to grasp is as soon as that happens, America will not longer be America. All right. George, I'm in I'm including this conversation in our show. 
pessimism. Honest with you. So we're just going to pick it up from there. George, we got a couple of great guests joining us. Will you tell us who they are and the topics for our conversations? Absolutely. We have got Joe Trotter, who is the director of the American Legislative Exchange Council's Energy, Environment, and Agriculture Task Force. And we're going to talk with him about essentially uh, energy affordability, what's driving prices up, what impact it's having, and, and just kind of the overall understanding of you know, gas prices don't just affect what you pay at the pump. There's more to it than that. And so we'll dig into that with him. And then we've also got um, Sheriff, well, he's retired Sheriff, but um, Sheriff uh, Curry Myers, who he's now also on the faculty in the criminology department at uh, Benedictine College in Kansas. And we're going to talk with him about this kind of organized crime that's going on of, of shoplifting and how it used to be when I was a kid, at least, or at least up until recently, shoplifting kind of was mostly just something that somebody did because they felt like, oh, yeah, I see something I'd like. I think they're not paying attention. I can grab it and I'll get away with it. Now it's like become a big crime and they come in and literally will empty a store out and stuff like that. So it's very interesting that how that's impacting prices because prices go up and it's making it so that if you're a shopper, you're at risk because when a mob comes in the store to do uh, acts of theft and violence, you're at risk. So it should be an interesting conversation with him as well. Well, George, uh, in Philadelphia, and as regular listeners and viewers know of the show, know about me that I live outside of Philadelphia, about 10, 15 miles. Uh, I was born in Philadelphia and I enjoy or used to enjoy going into the city especially around christmas time there's some really neat things to do in the old watermaker watermakers building which is now the macy they have the the light show um, comcast has a, a christmas a video christmas show there's a christmas village set up with all types of things and food and entertainment and music and my wife and I would love to go and just walk around and get a hot chocolate and watch the ice skaters there in, in Dilworth Plaza. Well, we've been warned not to go this year. That it's absolutely unsafe for anyone to travel in Center City, Philadelphia. So it's going to be very interesting to hear with, uh, with what Dr. Myers has to say about crime. Yeah, but I no, think people, exactly right. you know, just like our is, last conversation that we got to talk about this and 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 demand crime stops, demand things like what happened in Ypsilanti, Michigan stops. We've got to stop this and, and and ignoring it, ignoring it, I think just incubates the problems. Well, yeah, it gets worse because basically if you're a criminal, you're sitting or watching that society doesn't seem to mind, that society is okay with this craziness. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, that's good. That's good for business because now I know that it's okay and that it's, you, you have jurisdictions where they don't even, well, they won't arrest you and they're okay with you committing these crimes. And that's gonna, that's just gonna make it worse. It's gonna exacerbate everything. And so I don't understand why we don't 
this is not rocket science, to be honest. And so I'm puzzled yeah. as to why it is that we sit around and let this garbage happen. And then we all act surprised. It's kind of like if a uh, kid misbehaves and you reward them for misbehaving, you're going to see more misbehavior from a kid. And it's it's just it's kind of simple. If you subsidize bad behavior, you'll get more bad behavior. So don't yeah. subsidize it. Don't encourage it. And that's what we're doing right now as a society. And so we see violent crime on the increase. And I just kind of scratch my head and go, who was the moron who thought this was a good idea? Because you have to be a special kind of stupid and not understand this is bad. Well, I kind of think it was planned. There are people that people out there who, who, for whatever reason, like a George Soros, want to see the destruction of the United States, our yeah. culture, our way of life. And uh, he's the one, he's the one that financed these, these radical liberal district attorneys who decided, we're, well, we're not going to prosecute crime. We're going to yeah. let the criminals go. We're just going to release the criminals back on the street for them to commit more crime. Uh, I don't know why. I guess he just hates America. And, yeah, I, I think he should be investigated, actually. I really yeah. do. No, I'm with you on that. I think that's absolutely true, and it's yeah. very troubling. Hey, George, uh, let's get a break in here because uh, we are running a little long. We had a couple of interesting conversations to start out the show. Got several more to continue the show, but you're listening to and watching. The Conservative Commandos with George Landreth. I'm Rick Trader. Don't go away. We'll be back with our guest right after this break. You asked and we listen. We've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing Percale bed sheets even better. As a thank you, we're bringing these to you for as low as $24.98 with your promo code. And our new line of Percale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets. Lightweight, durable, breathable, and they sleep cool and crisp. But now because of you, they're made with 100% long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date. These sheets are soft and more durable than ever before. Plus, they come in all these new colors and styles. And you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. My 
MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Conservative Commandos Radio Show with George Landreth and yours truly, Rick Trader. And we are coming to you from the MyPillow Studios, the MyStore Studios of the AUNTV Network. And hey, George, our first guest of the day is with us. And please make that introduction. Absolutely. We always have the best guests. That's just the way we roll here. And we've got Joe Trotter here to prove it. He's the director of Alex New Energy Environment and Agriculture Task Force. And he has more than a decade of experience in public policy, campaign and communications that that are related in many cases to these kinds of issues because he served up on Capitol Hill. He's also been a, a spokesperson for a number of free market oriented groups. And so as a result, he's had to deal with these very issues. In other words, he's an expert and that's nice. So Joe, welcome back to the Conservative Commandos. We're very glad to have you. Thanks for having me back. And I get to talk to great people like y'all every time. So happy to. Well, we'll have some fun. I wanted to talk with you about some, uh, if you will, energy affordability. Joe Biden and the White House continue to act like Bidenomics is working. They keep telling us that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. There's some things they, you know, if they were to tell me that October is the hottest month on history of October's, I wouldn't necessarily know for sure if that was true or not, because I'd only have kind of where I'm at to, you know, I mean, I kind of know that's a lie because they tell that all the time, but, but I actually live in a world where I'm buying stuff. I live in a world where I'm paying for gas, I'm paying for food, I'm paying utility bills. And so I'm kind of thinking to myself, hmm, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now I understand prices peaked at record highs in the last year or so. And he acts as if because we've come off the peak, the record high that prices have dropped, the reality is we're still paying a great deal more for electricity, for gasoline, to heat our homes, to cool our homes, for that matter, just to buy groceries um, than we were when he took office. And so I just wanted to ask you, is that my personal observation? Because you guys are actually looking at this from a very broad perspective, meaning doing a study. So it's not just what's happening at Joe's house or what's happening at George's house, but broadly speaking, what's hap happening to America? I know that Alec and the task force have been studying these things. So fill us in on what the real truth is, because my gut's telling me that Bidenomics isn't working near as well as they say it is. Well, yeah, prices are high and part of that's inflation, but part of it is the input costs. So what was new for this report this year is uh, we, we also took a look at diesel prices. So when you look at what's on the shelves and I mean any shelves at some point, diesel is going to have factored into that cost. You will uh, when it comes to producing goods, when it comes to uh, food on the shelves from farms. Diesel is used in farm equipment. Diesel is used for trucking. Diesel is used for railways. Diesel is used to ship goods internationally on boats. That's what the big super tankers are powered by. So prices are higher in part because uh, petroleum costs have been up. There have been crunches. There have been uh, lots of peaks in, during the Biden years. And part of that is the outright hostility of the administration and its allies to petroleum products in general. 
Now, electricity prices have also been higher. Um, part of it is uh, long-time infrastructure, nuclear power plants, coal power plants have been taken offline. In many cases, before the replacement, the, the so-called green energy replacement uh, is ready for prime time. And it, it's it's kind of hilarious in, in sort of a morbid way. Uh, in, in Maryland, you had this whole thing where <clears throat> they put in these big solar fields and they were doing it to save the environment. And then they'd put these solar fields in and then they try to go ahead and actually link it up to the grid and the Sierra Club would sue to stop the permit to link it to the grid. So what you're just seeing is this crunch in energy prices and this is working on a, a micro scale all across the nation. It's just kind of this insane disjointed energy policy and it's impacting absolutely everyone and the prices for everything. Yeah, well, among the most expensive, because people say things like wind is free, the sun is free, and that may be true, meaning that you don't have to pay for the wind, and the sun shines as long as the clouds aren't out and stuff like that, it shines for free as well. But you can't actually convert wind or sunlight into energy for free. And so that's part of the lie they tell, is they act like that's free. It's kind of like, well, yeah, water flowing down a river is free too, but that doesn't make hydroelectricity free. And so on some level, I don't understand how they get away with this garbage because they know that. And yet, and then the other observation I was to make is they seem to like energy that's uh, unproven. What I mean by that is I remember when they used to love nuclear energy, when it was kind of a new thing. They used to also love hydroelectricity when it was a newer thing. Now they don't like it anymore. I think it's because it's proven and it's successful. And near as I can tell, they just hate energy. And they want us to be forced into energy that doesn't work very well and is very costly because they see that as a plus, as some sort of net negative, I mean, net positive. And I, I don't get it, but is, is that a fair assessment of what's going on? Well, to some extent they do like hydro and, and to some extent, they do like nuclear, but the thing is, how are you going to make a whole bunch of money off of, you know, the new entrepreneurs if you don't give them a competitive advantage and see how, how that plays out, appealing to the masses, claiming, oh, we're doing this to save the environment, leaving aside the fact that, you know, these solar panels are being, by and large, produced in China using coal-fired power plants, mm. using just generally leaky technology that's awful for the environment it's the, it's not just sort of the price here it's this a this hoax that it's environmentally friendly and it's just it's not at least to the extent that they would have you believe yeah well it's kind of like the whole idea of these uh, you know battery evs battery powered cars and in the uh, the life cycle of the car and the battery and all that it's not it's clearly not that beneficial and yet they act like it's some sort of you know godsend that it's just like okay whatever i want to ask you this so let's just for the sake of an argument let's assume that we're billionaires you and i are billionaires a fun assumption right and yeah. uh, and and let's assume that the price of gas is almost twice what it used to cost us it's probably not a big deal it's not going to change our life that much if we're a billionaire same thing with our utility bill. If it costs more to cool or, or heat our home, and, and it, let's say it doubles also, if you're a billionaire, it's like, yeah, whatever, not a big deal. But for most Americans, 
you know, middle-class Americans, that's not where they're coming from. We're not billionaires. And like I said, it'd be cool if we were, but we're not. And, um, but bottom line is most Americans have to earn money to support their family, to pay their bills. And if you start doubling certain portions of their budget, they have a hard time. And so I wanted to ask you, how do higher energy prices impact regular Americans? You know, what, what are some of the sacrifices they're called upon to make when their price for them to drive to work or to heat their home or to cool their home or to turn the lights on? When those things go up dramatically, is it just inconvenient, like if you're a billionaire, or is it actually a problem? Well, you see, if you're a billionaire, you can actually profit off of all of this. See, if you're a billionaire, you can go ahead and cover your home with solar panels. One of the things my report looks at is something called net metering. And what it is, is when you put solar panels on your house, you can sell the electricity back to the grid. Now, it depends on the state, but in a lot of states, you sell that back to this for the same price that you'd actually buy the energy from the grid. So you don't sell it back at wholesale pricing, you sell it back at retail pricing. So you can make money off of that, but because the, the power companies are required to buy it back at retail, they're not making anything. They actually, what you're doing is you're making money off of your neighbors. You're making your money off the people who can't afford to put solar panels on the house. So this is even more insidious. But yeah, it, it drives up the cost of everything. Heating homes, there's this whole push to electrification, this whole push towards electric vehicles instead of something more sensible like uh, plug-in hybrids even. But yeah, if, if you're not up there, you're having more money made off you in order to push this political agenda. And it's absolutely insane. That's interesting. Well, one one last question for this segment, and that was is what drives energy prices up? Because Biden would have us believe that none of this is his fault, that energy prices acted very independently of anything he's done. And while it may be unfortunate that prices are this high, it's not his fault. It's it's this greedy American businesses. They're the ones raising costs. It's not him. It's not his policy. So I want to ask you, What's the truth there? And what has caused energy prices to skyrocket almost immediately? Even before he took office, they started going up. Meaning what I mean by that is when he won, if I recall correctly, when, when, when it was announced that he was the winner, prices started going up. Well, so much of it is run off of futures market. It's uh, it, all this infrastructure, uh, like regardless of whether it's power plants or putting in new lines or you know digging new coal or new natural gas or, or putting in nuclear it's it takes a long time for this infrastructure to get it up and running so when you have the president or back then the future president of the united states saying hey we are going to war with natural gas we are going to war against coal the prices went up because these companies needed to be able to raise money to prepare essentially for large capital investments to change over to what they saw and heard the Biden administration and the administrations of governors across the country say they were going to require down the road. So all of this bluster back then 
immediately led to higher prices then leading to, it's leading to even higher prices now as you see things like projects get stalled mines get shut down uh, oil wells closed I, just all of this is it really has to do with the messaging out of our leadership so irresponsible messaging and and backed by what i truly believe is to be their agenda to shut so many things down that is leading to higher prices for everyone and it will into the future yeah that's a very good point when you tell people that you're gonna shut down energy guess what energy costs more i think you do the same thing with with almost anything whether it would be wheat if you told everyone that you were going to shut down the wheat industry uh, guess what's going to happen bread's going to become more expensive that's just kind of how futures work because it's you know, people bake in expectations to the price but anyhow very good points we got to take a quick break handle a little bit of business but folks don't go away because the conservative commandos with rick trader and yours truly george landreth and our guest joe trotter we'll be right back you asked and we listen we've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing percale bed sheets even better as a thank you we're bringing these to you for as low as 24.98 with your promo code and our new line of percale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets lightweight durable breathable and they sleep cool and crisp but now because of you they're made with hundred percent long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date these sheets are soft and more durable than ever before. Plus, they come in all these new colors and styles, and you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com And welcome back. Welcome back to the Conservative Commandos Radio Show with George Landreth and yours truly, Rick Trader. Coming to you from the MyPillow Studios, the MyStore Studios of our very own AUN-TV network. And for shows like The Stone Zone with Roger Stone, News You Can Act On with Bridget Gabriel, Dennis is his podcast, The Joe Messina Show, More Money with Stephen Moore, James O'Keefe Media, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, Colonel Allen West, Steadfast and Loyal. You know where you see those great shows, and it's right here, right here on the AUN TV network. Joe Trotter is our guest. He is with ALEC. He is with their new energy, environment, 
and Agricultural Task Force. Uh, Joe, thank you for holding us through that break. We appreciate your time. Happy to be here. Hey, Joe, before we get back into talking about energy, tell us a little bit about ALEC and what you guys do. So ALEC is the, the nation's largest voluntary association of free market and federalism focused state legislators. Basically, what we do is people come to us when they have an idea that worked really well in their state and they come to us with with the bill language and they say, hey, I think this would work well in other states. And it goes through a whole review process. All the stakeholders get a say in how a model policy looks. It's voted through by our legislators, reviewed by our board and put up on our website. And at that point, any state legislator in the country can go ahead, pull off the language, use it wholesale, modify it if they want to and submit it as a bill. So basically our, our, our product, so to speak, is just highly vetted uh, by, you know, other like tons of legislators, tons of experts, bills that can work well in, in your state. Uh, Joe, I'm a little bit confused about something. Joe, have you he ever heard of the term talking out of both sides of one's mouth? I have. Okay, I think everyone has. I'm not saying you have, but you and George were talking about uh, how in Merlin, they they set up these massive solar farms, and then the, the Sierra Club refused to let them hook them up. Did I get that right? You did. Well, the Sierra Club, could this be the same Sierra Club that when they wanted to cut down 40 acres of pristine forests in New Jersey, is this the same, to build a solar farm, is this the same Sierra Club that endorsed that project, Joe? I don't know the specifics of that one, but yeah, <laughs> they, they tend to go talk out both sides of their mouth. They talk about wanting to save the environment and protect the trees. And, and while I have nothing against trees, they refuse to acknowledge that the logging industry is the single cleanest, greenest industry in the world. Well, what I was getting at is they seem to be having a problem with this solar farm in in uh, uh, Maryland, okay, but they, they, they endorse the project to, to cut down 40 acres of forest in New Jersey. I wanted to talk with you about the these electricity prices. Now, you, on your your uh, study, you have a list of some of the most expensive energy in the country, and it seems like yeah, okay, you got California, you got Massachusetts, you got Rhode Island, uh, New Jersey's right up there. It seems to me, Joe, that these states are part of what's called Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. It's uh, the Northeast states have gone into this pack. For instance, in New Jersey, electric costs about 14.6 cents per kilowatt hour. Right across the river, Joe, in Pennsylvania or down in Delaware, it's almost half of that. And a large part of this these higher rates are because of this, Reggie. Joe, could you tell me where this extra money has gone? 
right to the state. So the state is li essentially licensing, and it's not just one state, it's, it's pretty much all of the Northeast states. They're saying uh, you can only emit carbon dioxide if you buy a credit for it. And you're gonna have to, of course, buy the credit from the government. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's a carbon tax and California has its own system too. It's a, a basically internally with its own state. But Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, is just this confederation of states that are all buying into this market. And Reggie itself, this, this is just one of the things that just galls me about the whole thing. They, uh, they, they have very arbitrary standards on, on top of the tax thing for what actually qualifies as greenhouse gas so they talk about they basically they they call what's called biomass uh they call that renewable it doesn't count towards uh towards your your carbon emissions so you don't have to buy permits for it biomass is essentially burning trash and burning trees it actually emits far more carbon dioxide than even the dirtiest most out-of-date coal-fired plant you could imagine uh, by by an order of magnitude and instead they call that renewable it's it, it just it's this picking of winners and losers a backdoor tax on carbon and mm -hmm. at the end of the day residents of all these states are paying for it the real kicker is most of these states are actually importing electricity from non-reggie states so what's happening is they're <laughs> shutting down their own capacity to to do it by imposing this tax and exporting the burden to other states I, joe, it, it's wild joe one of the fun things i like to do in this show is i like to expose politicians and what i will call their dirty deeds to other there's a guy that's running for governor i'm sorry for running for president he was governor of new jersey and he touts himself as a conservative but what i find interesting on the way out the door when he left trenton he did two things i think that really have put a burden on the people of new jersey number one was to force to force us into this green new energy garbage he shut down the Oyster Creek nuclear power plant 10 years ahead of schedule. And then what he did is he increased the tax on gas 300% in New Jersey from, rough rate, from roughly 14 cents a gallon, which was probably the only break anyone in New Jersey was getting. He added about 29 cents to that tax now this is chris christie a man who who i who is running for president and calling himself a conservative i think we should redefine conservative but joe what what i'm getting at is there was a scheme and i think the scheme has finally died that they were going to put up hundreds and hundreds of windmills 
up the Jersey coast that we were going to get all our energy from. Well, number one, I wanted to know what they were going to do. The first Sandy that ripped up the coast that knocked all those windmills out. But that that scheme has kind of died after the company got a billion dollars from the government. But what's a billion dollars between friends? What's the next scheme, Joe? Where where are states like New Jersey going to get their energy? If they're shutting down coal plants, if they're shutting down gas plants, if they're shutting down nuclear plants, uh, the windmills, don't get me started on them. I think, uh, where are we going to get our energy, Joe? Help I, me out it, here, buddy. Help I, me understand. I, 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 I'm going to give some good news here. For once, uh, I, I do think that it, it for a lot of cases, the future is nuclear. A lot of these older plants are perfect for putting in new small, small modular nuclear reactors. Now, they're going to take some time. And it, in that time, prices are, are going to continue going up. But I think you are going to see more nuclear. I don't think that wind, though, the offshore wind, has has uh, drawn its last breath, so to speak. Oh, There's too love- much money to be made in fleecing the government <laughs> for subsidies here. I mean, yeah, what's a billion between friends? There's there's still a cash cow there to milk, and you're right. When it comes to to the offshore wind, when there's a, a Sandy, yeah, those windmills are going to get knocked over, but. In the meantime, there are so many pockets to line in that industry, uh, mainly Chinese ones, because they they use so just they are so intensively heavy on rare earth minerals, things that that go into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking you know t- literal tons in each windmill. Then it's got to go and get anchored. It's just a whole mess and. So in Delaware, we've been we've been hearing for gosh, uh, 15, 20 years that we're going to be getting this offshore wind. I, my folks used to live in Delaware, and not two miles down the beach from from where they're at, they went ahead and installed this this power line to go out into the ocean for these windmills that truly are never going to happen. So there's there's still the capacity to fleece the government for subsidies. And as as long as that tap, that well isn't completely dry, people are going to keep going back to it. It, it, It's it's a wreck. Joe, you know, the bridges to nowhere. Well, I guess these are power lines to uh, nowhere. Hey, Joe, uh, there is a restaurant not far from where we live, a restaurant my wife and I like to go to occasionally. Uh, The guy put in a, a bunch of solar panels and I asked him, I says, what at what point do you break even? And he said, well, at about 13 years, except there was one little problem, Joe. After seven years, he had to replace the panels. Is this typical of what is happening with these solar schemes, Joe? It, incredibly typical. And it's not just from a money perspective. It's also for the so-called environmental perspective. Uh, basically, switching from Okay, from an environmental perspective, switching from from traditional to clean clean energy, mm-hmm. it's the rough equivalent of an alcoholic switching from whiskey to wine and claiming all the health benefits. Mm-hmm. It, it's 
it, these solar panels in terms of payoff, both both from the economic sense and from the environmental sense, take between 10 to 20 years to sort of pay off. And, and that's a nice way of saying that about 15 years worth of Chinese coal gets dumped in the atmosphere for every solar panel for the equivalent amount of to make the solar panel for for the amount every solar panel is going to generate that is at a hundred percent capacity that means the sun is shining every day it means that leaves never get on there they don't get scratched it, it's just again it's absolutely wild it's this sort of con it's it's one day we're going to look at back at this and it's going to be taught in business schools in marketing classes it doesn't necessarily it does not live up to the hype either economically or from an environmental perspective hey uh, george you got a, a, another minute or two i know we kept about as long as we but i wanted to talk for a minute about california you know california has this and and I want to go into that California because we broadcast on nine TV channels in California. California has the second highest uh, energy rates uh, as far as electricity, gas, but diesel. But there is a scheme now. Not only do they want to replace all gasoline-powered cars in California, but they want a, a, a fleet of 100% electric trucks. Joe, is that even realistic? No, it, it's... A fleet, a, a fleet of all these 18-wheelers, these electric four, uh, 18-wheelers, full electric trucks. I mean, is that even realistic or even possible? It is not realistic. First of all, the grid can't support it. Second of all, the actual streets can't support it. These trucks are very heavy to begin with. Suddenly add like actual metric tons of batteries to them. It's going to tear up the roads. Uh, the actual generating capacity in California is not there. The state's on fire all the time, bringing down the power grid. I, I mean, it's gonna just bring West Coast commerce to a halt. And and as an East Coaster, the, the the thing that I find particularly egregious here is many states with Democratic legislatures, they thought ahead. They thought ahead and said, how can we go ahead and stay this course even if for some reason we lose power? So in Virginia, they enacted a law that says Virginia will follow whatever the California Air Resource Board says. Now, wow. the California Air Resource Board is an unelected set of either some, there are some bureaucrats, some university professors, and some activists on there that are essentially dictating for states across the nation uh, what you can and cannot do. So by 2035, uh, according to, to CARB, uh, it's only, only electric cars will be sold there. Now, the thing is, since Virginia, for example, went ahead years ago when there was a Democrat supermajority and enacted a we're going to do whatever they say, Virginia is going to be held to the same standard. So in, unless the laws get overturned uh, the, in these states that are following California, 
everyone else is going to be subject to this California insanity. And, and frankly, there just isn't enough resources there to build all these vehicles. And that's before we even get to the infrastructure. Uh, lithium, very expensive. And we're finding new sources and prices have come down a little bit. But then you have copper. And I mean, the average electric vehicle uses about 400 pounds of copper versus a wow. traditional vehicle, which uses just way less. So it, we're going to see from an energy perspective, prices are going to go up because demand is going to increase. The, the demand load on the actual grid is going to increase as well. It's going to lead to failure points. The roads and bridges and, and even parking garages are going to fail because of how much this all weighs. Mm. It is just bad news all around. And it's time to just let the free market does what it do best. A gasoline stations didn't pop up because of government mandates. They popped up way back when, 100 plus years ago, because yeah. it's what the market demanded. And that's a lesson we should remember. And uh, Joe, just in closing, a parting shot might be the cop, that copper is going to become the new gold. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, and then you can imagine what the cost of a vehicle will be. Joe Trotter, Alec, uh, Joe, we want to thank you for joining us here in the Conservative Commanders. Please tell our audience how they can follow you, how they can read your report, how they can find out more about Alec. So you can go to Alec, and that's A-L-E-C dot org, or our Twitter handle is at Alec States, one word. Uh, I am at the trot spot, two T's and trot. And uh, thank you so much for having me and always great to, to chat with you guys. Well, we, we appreciate you joining us here on the Conservative Commandos. Take care and God bless. And you are listening to and watching the Conservative Commandos radio show with George Landreth. I'm Rick Trader. On the other side, we're going to be speaking with Sheriff Kerry Myers. He's got a combined 35 years professional law enforcement experience. We're going to talk about across the country, police ramped up security to protect shoppers and, and to com combat organized retail theft. We're going to talk about that right after this break. You asked and we listened. We've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing Percale bed sheets even better. As a thank you, we're bringing these to you for as low as $24.98 with your promo code. And our new line of Percale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets. Lightweight, durable, breathable, and they sleep cool and crisp. But now because of you, they're made with 100% long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date. These sheets are soft softer and more durable than ever before. Plus they come in all these new colors and styles and you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. 
And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com And once again, we do want to welcome you back. This is the Conservative Commandos Radio Show with George Landreth. And I'm Rick Trader, coming to you from the MyPillow Studios, the MyStore Studios of the AUN TV Network. And George, our next guest is with us. Please make that an introduction. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Always happy to introduce our incredibly awesome guests. We've got retired Sheriff Kerry Myers here. He has 35 years of professional experience as a law enforcement officer at the local, the state, and the federal level. He's also a criminologist, a professor, and an executive. He's published a number of articles and policy papers on criminal justice, and he's a certified uh, expert witness in the federal court system. He's also on the faculty in the criminology department at Benedictine um, College in Kansas. So, Dr. Myers, welcome back to the Conservative Commandos. We are very glad to have you. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it, and happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, we had, of course, um, you know, I guess it's what's called, you know, Black Black Friday. It's the big shopping day after Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, we with crime on the increase, it seems to me there's at least a couple different problems that potentially can occur there. One, of course, is if you're out shopping in public, you might be at greater risk for being the victim of crime. And you also might be at a greater risk of having to pay higher prices because the stores have more people shoplifting. And that those prices of the lost goods through shoplifting have to be factored in. You know, if they're losing 10% of their, their uh, their inventory to shoplifting, that means they have to increase their prices by 10% just so that they don't lose their shirt because they can't, you know, they have to actually be able to pay for this stuff. So I guess my question is, I wanted to ask you, with all this shopping going on, are, you know, is there a reason to be concerned? And, uh, but both well, from both angles, the, the shoplifting versus the, the, you know, more criminals out on the street who seem to be emboldened. Well, there certainly is, is reason to be concerned, not only for the business community, but the retail uh, patron themselves, the customers as they go to stores. Uh, this is a contagion that is going on in America in the last couple of years. Um, and that c contagion is uh, based on aggression. It's an aggression contagion that we're seeing in the United States. There's many reasons why that's going to happen. I'm, going, I'm happy to go into those here pretty soon. But right now we're looking at Retail theft in America uh, is about $126 million, uh, billion a, a year in, in retail loss. And as you uh, very artfully said, uh, that blows back on the customer because the customer has to pay um, increased prices as a result. And we're also seeing 
um, shortage in supply. So when you have shortage in supply because more thefts are occurring, uh, there's uh, chain, there's, you know, we, we have people even going through thefts at railroads, going through thefts at, at um, 18 wheelers. Um, so it's theft from when the product is brought into the country all the way to the storefront is being uh, is occurring. And when that happens, uh, there's there's and there, and there's two different ways of theft. One is organized crime is occurring. A lot of this is organized criminal activity done by companies. And then the other one is disorganized crime. People who have decided that they're going to go in and steal whatever they can, and it's more um, windows of opportunity in which they do that. So the the organized crime has has basically made a bet, and that bet is in places like California where it's up to, I think, my goodness, it's up to like $3,000 or $4,000 is the threshold before you're charged with anything, which is incredible. Um, then, then the organized crime is going to have their soldiers that they pay to go in and steal up to that threshold. And then it's sold on the black market, a lot of it online um, and then they get a percentage of it. The person who's dealing, uh, stealing it gets a percentage. And then the organized crime or, uh, organization itself takes the biggest cut, of course. Then you have disorganized crime. And the disorganized crime is when people who are going in and just deciding, you know what, I need a new pair of sneakers. I'm going to grab 10 or 15 of my pals. And we're going to go in and ransack a store and take whatever we need. And we're seeing both of those occurring right now in droves. The problem is we are treating criminals as victims and victims like criminals. And what I mean by that is when you don't have any punishment associated with illegal activity, then what the heck do you expect in the world? You're going to get criminal involvement and you're going to have criminals running without any fear of being arrested. And when they are arrested. Many prosecutors, especially in the large urban sectors, have decided that they're not going to file charges, even sometimes when it meets those thresholds. So you have law enforcement that's looking at the prosecutors and looking at the public and they're shrugging their shoulders and saying, I don't know what you want me to do. A lot of times the businesses aren't filing charges. A lot of times the businesses don't want us in there. And when we do 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 something, then the prosecutors have decided that they're not going to punish. And the very frustrating, there's recently a Sacramento County, California sheriff got very frustrated because he was in with a special unit helping to work on retail theft that happened to be in a Target store. And the, the National Director of Security for Target said, well, you can come in, but you can't arrest anybody on inside the store. Um, you can't make any kind of ruckus. You can't put handcuffs on anybody. And the sheriff said, "Don't you can't tell tell us what to do when somebody's committing a crime. Mm -hmm. So we're out. And so you have a lot of frustration that's going on. And that doesn't include the kind of crime that's happening to you and I because fraud is occurring and we have black market goods that are occurring, which are substandard. So we have a lot of Chinese products that are come in that are that actually are, are not legal products. 
and we're buying them thinking it's the real stuff, a lot of that over the, over the internet, and then you get scammed there. So it's a perfect world. And then you throw on top of the fact that we're in the police defund movement. We don't have enough police officers, about 87% of the police departments throughout the United States saying that they have had defunding and manpower issues right now. That's interesting. I, I want to ask you if this is uh, kind of my observation. I'm not a, a criminologist. Uh, I, but I've taught, taught at law school and things like that. So I try to be a student of the law and public policy. So I want to ask you, because you're the expert on this topic, but I think when society essentially declares war on law enforcement, and acts as if law enforcement is somehow the problem in society and not the solution. Uh, and I understand that you can occasionally have a rogue officer who will do something poorly or in, inappropriately. I'm just talking about generally speaking. I'm not, I understand that when you have hundreds of thousands of police officers, you're going to have a couple that don't do a good job. That's not my point. My point is, is in general, though, we now have entered a, a when I was growing up as a kid and as a young adult, and even up until just a few years ago, I think the general concept in America was is that law enforcement was respected, it was appreciated, and it was valued. And then all of a sudden, they were the problem. And, 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 and you had to defund the police movement and all this. And I would argue the defund the police movement was horrible, but I would also argue that disrespect for law was equally horrible because it emboldened the bad guys because not only were there fewer police officers around because you defunded them but the, those that were left were essentially dealing with a lot more criminals because we sent a signal out hey guys go ahead do what you want because we're on your side now and i and so i think when you look at the crime in the streets you know i don't know who it is like so there are people who want to pretend it was the pandemic and i'm saying the pandemic has nothing to do with this in my opinion it's everything to do with, because just because people are at home sick, I would assume that if everyone's home, there's going to be fewer break-ins because you know that everyone will be home when you break in, right? <laughs> and that's the whole point yeah. of casing a joint is right. to avoid running into the homeowner because they might be armed or something like that and they might call the police. So I would argue a pandemic should have reduced crime, not increased it. Um, but what did increase crime was all of this defund the police, all this, the police are the problem, and all this, uh, you know, people who break the law are victims, we need to understand them more, we need to appreciate them more, we need to see the world from their vantage point more. So I want to ask you to critique my take on things, because maybe I'm wrong, and if I am, I don't mind being corrected, because I like to learn. <laughs> no, I don't think you're wrong. I think it started probably around 2014 with Ferguson, um, and the Michael Brown riots that occurred, which basically was a, another, um, you know, yellow flag that that people put out, and it, and what occurred didn't really occur in reality. Uh, the officer was investigated, uh, not only by his own department, was investigated investigated by the the district attorney there in the St. Louis area, was further investigated by the state of Missouri and the attorney general of the state of Missouri and the U.S. government investigated it. The Department of Justice investigated the officer. All three, four if you include the department with an internal affairs investigation, found that the officer acted appropriately. Unfortunately, Michael Brown was killed. 
And there was no hands killed. up, don't shoot. Right. There was no that, hands that was up, a lie. don't shoot. That never happened. And that kind of goes back to my concerns with these the social contagions. And I wrote about this on my Substack just recently. Um, and those social contagions are where you have behavioral learning that occurs and the and it's done through cascades and the best way to have cascades is through the internet so along that same time period we have seen the increase in the use of social media and the internet where ideas and concepts whether they're true or not gain steam and power and all of a sudden they become global in minutes and that's where that began to occur was in 2014 we saw it died down a little bit, and then we saw it pick back up again in 2019, generally focused around use of force incidents. And again, there are police officers that shoot and kill people uh, in this country, and sometimes it's not justified. However, that does not occur very often. In fact, if you look at use of force incident reports, uh, and I'm not talking about just shooting another person, but use of force means hands-on. Of all of the interactions law enforcement had in America, we're talking millions upon millions of interactions, less than 3% of those interactions ended up with some sort of use of force. And then almost 95% of those 3% were founded, were were justifiable on the law enforcement side and their use of force. So that means you have 5% of that smallest number is actually was proven to be where the officer was wrong and either in the system worked. They were charged, they went to trial, and if they were guilty, they were found guilty. If they were innocent, they were found innocent, but there was a process in place in which that happened. And that's been thrown out. Now we um, are finding people guilty in the court of public opinion, um, which which has always occurred in reality, but we do it so fast through the internet that we wanna all of a sudden bring people to justice before there's even any justice that you can go through from the constitutional rights that we have as citizens in the United States. And as a result, law enforcement has left in droves. We have police officers that have done early retirements. We have police officers who left prior to their pension, which used to never happen. So that means we have law enforcement officers with 10, 15 years of incredible experience that are leaving the field. And what's that going to do to seasoned police officers that know how to mentor and how to educate new police officers as they come on board. And then we have a recruiting problem. How many people wanna to come to work in law enforcement when they know they're gonna be cast, castigated and they're gonna be looked at every time there is a mistake made? And that's the perfect world that we're living in. It's like a perfect storm that has occurred. And this contagion of the mind, this mind virus that has occurred through these social contagions are only making it worse. Yeah, that is for sure. And um, and I, I was gonna say, my guess is most police officers don't mind being having their decision making reviewed. No. But the problem is, is when it's just assumed 
that they misbehave, that every time something goes awry or every time something, you know, somebody gets shot, it's their fault. And I'm thinking to myself, how about the times when the police officer is being shot at? You know, and, and yet that, that doesn't seem to matter. Don't, we don't care because obviously they're at fault. And it's just like, this is nuts. It's a fact-free world that they've created and it's not helpful. And it's, uh, and now everyone's paying the price for it. You know, we walk, you, you read the headlines in all of our major cities and people are paying a huge price. And of course, so are police officers, but I'm just saying it's, I think it's really sad to watch our, our, uh, our nation kind of devolve. So anyway, I really appreciate your expertise in helping us understand this. I know there's lots more to discuss. We just have to take care of a little business here, but uh, to our viewers and listeners, don't go away. Rick and I and our guest will be right back. We, of course, will be back with Dr. Myers, who's a criminologist and expert in this from not just an academic perspective, but a, but a practical perspective as well. He's got it all there. So don't go away, folks. There's lots more to discuss. We'll see you in just a moment. You asked and we listen. We've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing Perkale bed sheets even better. As a thank you, we're bringing these to you for as low as $24.98 with your promo code. And our new line of Perkale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets. Lightweight, durable, breathable, and they sleep cool and crisp. But now because of you, they're made with 100% long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date. These sheets are soft and more durable than ever before. Plus, they come in all these new colors and styles. And you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com And you are watching and listening to the Conservative Commandos radio show with George Landreth. I'm Rick Trader, coming to you from the MyPillow studios, the MyStore studios of the AUN TV network. And speaking of the AUN network for shows like The Stone Zone with Roger Stone, News You Can Act On with Brigitte Gabriel, Denise's podcast, The Joe Messina Show, more Money with Stephen Moore, James O'Keefe Media, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, Colonel Alan West, Steadfast and Loyal, and more and more and more. You see great shows like that right here on the AUN TV network. America's criminologist, Dr. 
Carrie Myers is our guest, and we're discussing crime. And Dr. Myers, thank you for holding through that break. We appreciate your time. Uh, Dr. Myers, it seems like there is an epidemic of crime. I live right outside the Philadelphia area. At least two or three times a month, we hear about massive crowds gathering at a mall, rampaging in, destroying stores, and, and clearing, literally clearing stores out literally clearing stores out of tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of merchandise. It seems like the police have an idea where these crowds are coming from because when they follow their social media, it leads back to individuals who organize these things. Uh, living near Philadelphia, I've heard a lot about organized crime going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s with the mafia. The mafia was broken up, broken up using RICO standards. Why are those same RICO standards not being used with these urban gangs today? Well, I think one reason is because we have prosecutors that are unwilling to prosecute and they're uh, doing it for political correctness. Um, George is the attorney on this, and I don't want to speak specifically on legal matters, um, but in my opinion, many of those would qualify for RICO, um, but, you, but it just depends. Um, it depends on um, how the organization is set up, depends on how deep it goes, uh, depends on the different actions in which they do. And one of the problems is RICO is only regarding federal cases and in many cases times states don't have RICO. So I would encourage states to ensure that they have RICO type legislation where they can do similar when it comes to these kind of laws. So it may be that the RICO, they've just decided that the federal government is the main arbiter of making those decisions. And I don't think we can count. Number one, from a law enforcement perspective in America, we are never supposed to count on the federal government being the primary law enforcement source that was never designed that way. It was never something even the founding fathers considered um, in the build out of the United States. Um, federal federal law enforcement authorities was very small um, and it, well, there was no intent for it to be the Leviathan that it is today. I would imagine the founding fathers would turn over in their in their grave knowing that the Department of Homeland Security is now you know one of the largest um, federal agencies and in the in the United States except the Defense Department departments a lot the largest but from a law enforcement point of view and I'm not I'm not speaking down towards the agents that work hard every day in that line of work I'm not I'm not belittling their work I'm just saying the constructive reasoning for putting those together, I think was a mistake. Um, and we've seen, you know, how do you, how do you repel against a federal law enforcement agency with all their power? And we've seen some of those mistakes happen with the FBI now as a result, who's focused a lot on intel gathering and using intelligence matters to help file cases as opposed to 
going back and be the cornerstone of what was once one of the greatest law enforcement agencies in America. Um, in 2008, they changed their um, direction in how they investigate things and and it became much more political as well. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have occurred that have occurred in the last couple of years that is leading to all this all these issues. And I, as I said, it's like a perfect storm. And these contagions are occurring. And my my biggest concern on the social contagions is that the dark psychological traits are alive and well, and they can be fomented within each individual if it has the right breeding ground. And the two breeding grounds where the dark psychological traits can can fester the most is on the web and in mass um, uh, people events because you're dehumanized um, you you can you can hide you can be anonymous in those so we see those psychological traits and in, in particular the dark tetrads which is um, narcissism Ma Machiavellianism um, cer certain certain psychopathies that occur like sadism and in the last few years we're seeing, a lot of people with those kinds of traits, especially young teenage to early 20 males that develop some of those traits. And we've lost our way. We we have written on this on Substack called the advent of feral man, where we no longer have faith, family, and, and, um, and how we form our children. So the, the faith, family, and formation that's needed in guiding of young people to be good citizens and good people are not there anymore. We have fatherlessness in America. We have extremely high divorce rates. And these kids have nothing else to do but get hooked on social media. And they're disgruntled and they're unhappy. Well, and Dr. Bryce, I think there's another element. And I'm going to get controversial here because recently, I had a conversation with a Philadelphia police officer who said two things were really shocking. Do not go into Center City this Christmas season. That was number one. Number two, among the police department, and this is the police department of Philadelphia, it's gotten around, you do not arrest anyone who is black. You do not arrest anyone who is black. Now. In the press release that was put out in preparation of you being invited and conservative commandos, there is a statement here. Nationwide in 2022, retailers reported $112 billion in lost goods, a huge 19% interest uh, increase, a 19% increase from just the previous year of 2021. Now, Dr. Myers, we've been, we have always been told that crime follows poverty and poverty follows crime. So is this also a statement on our economy right now? Or do you think it has more to do with lax law enforcement, law enforcement afraid to do its job? Do you think it's more to do with 
Well, when these when these mass invasions happen, it there's two things: hoodies and face masks. You know, we were told for for two years we had to wear a face mask. Now face masks are being used as an excuse to hide identities or all of the above. What is it, Dr. Myers? Well, I'm I'm one of those that don't believe that poverty is automatically linked to more crime. Um, I have known, I've investigated a plethora of extremely wealthy people that are just as much criminals as someone who would be poor. Um, when you say that poverty is the reason crime, or when you when you indicate that, which a lot of people do, especially my colleagues in my industry, will be the first one to to make that as the fallback. I don't. I completely disagree. Um, in fact, many people who have poverty in their life actually become closer to God and closer to family as a result of, of their poverty. Um, and it makes, in many ways, it makes better family conditions. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to wish anybody poverty. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the rudimentary reason why crime occurs is a lack of faith, family, and formation. I still believe that to this day. I think um, income is a can be an ancillary reason why it could occur. But if you have good parents and you have been formed correctly, um, you are not, even when you are poor, you are not going to commit a crime. Um, if you have, I'm not, not ever, but you, the, the likelihood of you committing a crime if you've had that appropriate upbringing and foundation is minimal. And we don't focus enough on it because nobody wants to be uh, politically correct enough to bring God back into the forefront of our lives again. Nobody wants to be accountable for their actions. Um, everybody wants to divorce immediately as opposed to try to work out your life and your family commitments. Everybody is more focused on themselves than serving something greater than yourself. So children no longer matter like they once did. And we have fatherlessness at an all-time high. And, and you brought up one issue as no one wants to talk about um, black-related crime, especially black-on-black -black crime, which is extremely high in most urban sectors the vast majority of homicides are done based on black on black a black suspect on a black victim mm -hmm. um, and very few people want to address that and i would say the reasons why is because it goes back again to that lack of family faith and formation and it turns into the wilding the, the feral animals the wilding of america and it crosses all patterns of race. Um, every race can have those issues if they haven't been brought up correctly and have, haven't been taught the golden rule and haven't been given boundaries in their lives to behave. And when you're never given boundaries in your life, you're never going to work within the boundaries. And right now, it's a double sword because we don't have parents setting up boundaries 
and the governments who used to set up boundaries is saying, eh, whatever you want to go do, go do it. Because we're probably not going to arrest you because we have too many people in jail. You asked and we listen. We've taken your suggestions and we've made our already amazing Percale bed sheets even better. As a thank you, we're bringing these to you for as low as $24.98 with your promo code. And our new line of Percale bed sheets include everything you loved about our original sheets. Lightweight, durable, breathable, and they sleep cool and crisp. But now because of you, they're made with 100% long staple cotton and the highest thread count to date. These sheets are soft and more durable than ever before. Plus, they come in all these new colors and styles. And you'll be getting five-star luxury sheets delivered directly to your front door for as low as $24.98. Not only that, they come with our 10-year warranty and the 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save 50% or more. That's as low as $24.98. This introductory offer won't last long, so please order now. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Dr. Mars, the last time you were on, we we interviewed you about your the article you wrote for your substack, The Feral Man. And I'm going to repeat something I said during that conversation also, because I think it needs worth... I think it's worth repeating and it needs to be, I think it should be repeated everywhere. You know, we had a guy by name of Rick Santorum, who when he was running for president, he said, before you have a family, before you have children, graduate from high school, get a job, get married before you have children. And he was criticized unbelievable because of that statement. In my opinion, when you look at families today, when you look at 50% of all children being brought into single parent households, and that statistic is much, much worse in black communities, that when you have someone like a Rick Santorum, I think put his put his finger on the pulse of the problem, he gets ridiculed by more than half the country. How do you pull us out of this? We have generations of kids that are being raised by other kids, if at all, or end up with grandparents that did such a great job with their own kid that their grandkids are running the streets like crazy. The kids are 
how do you reverse this course? How do you reverse the course of the feral man? Well, the only way to reverse it is to embrace God and embrace your faith life again and and be in a position where you do daily prayer, where you have commitment to your family. Um, no, uh, I got news for people. No family is perfect. No marriage is per perfect and no children are perfect. Um, no, no dad's perfect and no mom's perfect, but we have to work hard to put it all together and make it work for us all. And the minute we give up and we start becoming selfish, we, we have too much narcissism in our, in our lives. And that narcissism is, is ruining us because we're, we're, we're not serving something greater than ourselves. And that's the biggest issue. And until we get control of that in some manner or way, um, you can throw all the government money, you can throw all the institutions, you can throw everything in the world at it, and you're just going to spend money on it until it's fixed. However, in the meantime, we need to start charging people for criminal activity. And if they commit a crime, there needs to be consequences associated with it which we, means we have to have prosecutors that are held accountable. And if the legislature has got to put something in there in order to get prosecutors out that are not enforcing the law, that needs to be done. There's many states where you can't get rid of an elected person unless they're unelected or, you know, some of them don't even have an impeachment process. Um, so there ought to be at least an impeachment process. Uh, but now we even see impeachments used by nefarious reasons so, so you know how can you trust any processes anymore um and then we have to get back to holding law enforcement accountable which we should do um and it, there are things we do in law enforcement i disagree with and i write about those things all the time but by and large we need to enforce the law hold people accountable and the the Enforcing the law is almost like a spigot. When you have high crime, you have to turn it up a little bit more in order to get crime back down. And if people are behaving, then you can kind of reduce, you know, go back to the way it was. But right now, we got to ratchet up our enforcement. And enforcement's not just law enforcement, it's the prosecutors and the court systems that say, yes, we're going to hold you accountable. And we have way too many people. I'm not against cashless bond, it's, it's, but cashless bond, you have to be careful with it. And only certain people should qualify for cashless bond. We have people who are major criminals who have rap sheets as long as my arm that are, uh, that are being allowed out on cashless bail. And that was never the intent of cashless bail. Cashless bail is there for people who have made a mistake maybe the first time in their life, and the judge and the prosecutors go, okay, you're going to get cashless bail because this is your first offense. Well, isn't bail supposed to guarantee your appearance back in court? Isn't that the whole purpose of bail is that, is that we're letting you out because we, we can't hold people. The, the system cannot hold people. You know, we, we can't. And not everybody's going to get a 20-year sentence on it because the system 
can't hold it. Each individual right. case is looked at individually. And that's the reason we have judges uh, to be able to weigh different things that occur. Um, so everybody has a tendency to look at the system in like one lens and say, well, we'll fix it. Well, you can't you can't look at things and it's there are many dimensions to the criminal justice system, as I'm sure George would would agree. Um, but we don't have a system now that is making people safe. It's making people worse. And then we have now thrown, quite frankly, a two-tier justice system in place where we don't even trust the judicial system because someone is being, other people are being held accountable in court while others aren't for the same exact charge. Dr. Murray, if I could ask you just one other question before we let you go. Talk, walk me back from the edge of this statement. I think it's going to have to get a lot worse. People are going to have to hurt a lot more before they have the intestinal fortitude to do the things that are required, that are going to be required to make it better. Well, I think we're starting to see some of that, and I think we're starting to see some pushback. Um, we've already seen people, so some, some places, San Francisco, for instance, I think it was Oakland NAACP actually called out the mayor in Oakland, California and said, enough's enough. You got to start charging people uh, for the crimes that are occurring. I think we're starting to see a trend uh, in places. I'm in middle America. We don't have the problem that you have in Philly as an example. Um, but not too far away in St. Louis, we did. Now that prosecutor has been removed and there's been a better prosecutor now put in that, um, in that county. Uh, so those are, those are the starts in the beginning. Uh, but I, I'm not so sure that you're not correct until it starts hurting people in their own pocket and people deal with it every day and they start going out to their car and it's vandalized and broken into every day and they're dealing with theft every day, um, then people are going to get tired. What we don't want to have is people taking the law into their own hands. And the unfortunate part is if you become frustrated, you're more inclined to take the law into your own hands. And then that's going to cause other issues for that individual. So um, that's where we have to be careful. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at all pleased with what I'm seeing. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Dr. Curry Myers, we appreciate you joining us here in the Conservative Commandos Radio Show. America's criminologist, Dr. Myers, please tell our audience how they can follow you, read the things that you write, find out more about the issue of crime in America. Well, I'm on Substack, uh, drcurrymyers.substack.com. I write opinion pieces, I write perspectives, I have a weekly podcast that I do on there. Um, I'm also, I post quite a bit on X uh, at Dr. Curry Myers. So you can keep up with me on the social media there. Uh, so I, and I usually um, even do a lot of chats on things that I'm seeing on law enforcement um, to, to uh, stimulate people's thoughts. So um, yep, you can, or you can just Google Dr. Curry Myers and uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's gonna, gonna come up 
hopefully most of it's good. There might be a few that don't like me. <laughs> Join the club, buddy. Join the club. <laughs> Dr. Myers, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care. God bless. And if we don't speak with you before, have a wonderful Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you all, and God bless you, you too. And it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me again. Look forward to it again. Well, you bet. There will be other times. And you are listening to and watching the Conservative Commandos radio show with George Landreth. I'm Rick Trader. Go nowhere, George, and I'll be back with more news and commentary right after this break. At AUNTV at Yahoo.com. AUNTV, and that's at Yahoo.com. Dot com. George, what do you got for us? Well, I saw an interesting uh, report, and what it came down to is this, that Disney has acknowledged that they have been essentially, they've lost money. Um, now, that, that's not that surprising because that's just a math problem, but they've acknowledged why. And, they've ba- and this is their acknowledgement in their annual report. We face risks relating to misalignment with public and consumer tastes and preferences for entertainment. And and in other words, we've been woke and we've been out of touch with our consumer base and it's costing the company and our shareholders dearly. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm glad they can admit it. Now the question is, will they do something about it or will they just kind of say, hey, we don't really care? And if they say they don't really care, then I would argue that the shareholders should demand a change of leadership because I think the shareholders should sue them. Well, yeah, exactly. They they should sue them because they have a fiduciary duty to the exactly. shareholders. Exactly. And if they know they're screwing the shareholders, they've acknowledged it now. So now they can't say, well, we didn't know we were doing the best we could. It's like, well, not anymore. You're not. You've acknowledged it. So if you keep on doing the same stupid crap, then it says you're okay with basically taking our money and losing it and squandering it, and you're going to get sued. And I think that'd be a good move. Hey, George, I'm not a genius. But I do know that if you insult your customers, guess what? You're going to lose customers. Even Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan was criticized for not backing Democrat candidates, even Michael Jordan said this, Republicans buy sneakers too. I mean, that's what, get, that's what gets me about, for instance, Facebook, when they, when they censor conservative thought and opinion when they banned and shadow ban their their members don't they have a duty to the people who they're selling advertising to to appeal to and bring in the lion the largest possible customer base there is i mean anybody that buys advertising in my opinion Anybody that buys advertising places that censor and limit their audience. Anybody that buys advertising there is stupid, just plain old stupid. Now, George, I'm no marketing genius, but I do know 
You don't win friends and influence people by insulting them, especially if you expect them to buy from you. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common sense thing that you're saying, but it's weird whether you're Bud Light or Disney or other companies, you know, example might be Target. It's like, don't you know who you're, you don't understand your clientele, your customer base. Why are you doing this? It's kind of like, can you imagine if I went into Walmart and the greeter punched me in the face, that might reduce my likelihood of returning. You, think you know what I mean? And should. Uh, if you had a brain. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm pretty sure that Walmart would not tolerate its greeters punching people in the face because they would realize, hey, that's bad for business. So I'm trying to figure out why other companies kind of, I mean, they're not literally punching people in the face, but they kind of are. And at some point, it's just like, why would you do that? I mean, can you imagine? I'm thinking to myself, you go to... Uh, whether you're a baseball game or you're going to a football game, sports fans tend to be patriotic. And yet you have this kind of movement afoot to be like, yeah, America sucks, it's racist, it's awful. And, and then wonder why that might not help your TV viewership contracts. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, that's how it works, man. Don't so punch your customers in the face. Seriously, George, I don't own Disney's, Disney stock, but if I did, I'd really, I'd really check it out with a lawyer and find out about suing, suing Disney for not, as you say, they have fiduciary duty to their, to their stockholders. And the stockholders are really the ones that own Disney. Yeah, exactly. And so you're, you're exactly right. They have a fiduciary duty and it would seem to me they've probably violated that duty. And if they don't immediately stop it now, then they clearly are, because their only defense would be is, well, we didn't know it would have this impact. I'm not saying that's actually very uh, believable, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. that's, you know, that might be their excuse. But you can't publish in your annual report, yeah, we've been losing money because we've been being woke. And then next year be even more woke and then go, oh, we didn't know. Like, um, actually, you did. <laughs> you said you did. We're going to hold you to your word. Yeah, Bud Light, uh, Anheuser-Busch stockholders, they ought to go talk to lawyers too. Hey, George, uh, we had a couple of great guests. Uh, would you thank him for us? Absolutely. We always have the best guests. That's hardly even news. It's like... No, it's not. Oh. shouldn't be. Yeah. Just another <laughs> ho-hum day at the Conservative Commandos on the <laughs> TV network with the best guests on TV and radio. But we had... Uh, we had Joe Trotter, who, of course, is the director of, of uh, the American Legislative Exchange Council's uh, Energy, Environment, and Agriculture Task Force. We talked with him about what's going on with energy prices and what impact it's having and, and why these energy prices have been skyrocketing. And then we had a great conversation also with Sheriff Curry Myers, who, of course, is, is not just a former sheriff, he's also an academic, so he's Dr. Myers as well, so he understands this criminology issue really deeply. Great mm -hmm. conversation with him about what's been going on and how it's also causing problems for consumers because consumers are less safe when they go out to go shopping because crime's on the rise and things are more expensive because of all the, just the outbreak of, of shoplifting 
and that causes prices to go up because you know if if 10% of your inventory is being stolen that means you got to increase your prices by 10% just so you break even where you were before and so all those people you know who they're stealing from they're stealing from you and me and our viewers Absolutely. and our listeners. If you want so to know why prices are going up, why insurance rates are going up, I mean, there is, there is a trickle-down effect from yep. theft that affects everybody. Everybody. That's right. Frontiers of Freedom. Frontiers of Freedom. That's where I work. <laughs> you can find us at ff.org. That's ff.org. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, using my name, very clever, G. Landreth. And, uh, you know, you. I know that you're not surprised. Probably our viewers and listeners won't be either, but I'm a conservative. <laughs> That's why you're here, George. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret. That's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if conservatism offends you, then you won't like ff.org. But chances are, if conservatism offends you, you're not watching the conservative commandos either. Well, I would say common sense also, if common sense offends you. Fair maybe point. maybe that's a great reason actually to watch or listening to this show and all the shows on the AUN TV network. But uh, hey, for right now, we're out of time. We got to run. We got to go. Take care. God bless. And we're going to see you tomorrow on TV and on radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.